Hey you, what's happening at work? What's keeping you up at night? What's causing you frustration or depleting your wellness at work? Talk to me and with me. This is Joyce Odinison, your host with the What's Happening at Work show, where we create solutions to work, live, and play well. Join me now for next episode. Well, hello you there, and today I want to welcome you here, and I want to talk about preserving mental health. Yesterday, I had the privilege of visiting an organization and teaching on ways to preserve mental health and mental wellness. And that is something, if you know me, you know I'm passionate about. And so I go at it a different way than most people. I look at what are the things that we need to do to preserve our mental health so that we can stay mental health mental healthy mentally for longer. So not focusing on mental health disease as much as focusing on the whole aspect of mental wellness. And so some of the things that this team have asked and talked about was changes. How do we deal with change? And so one of the things they were talking about was the number of changes they've had, the, the, the sequence of changes they've had over the last five years. And it just seemed like it was uh, never ending now from software to office space to building to, uh, you know, even the size and the, of their group changed and, and uh, the demographics of their team changed over the last five years. And so they've weathered that. And, and now they're thinking, okay, we're more, we're much bigger as a team. We're much more productive, we're more efficient, but we are facing a lot more internal challenges as a group, as well as our clients are bigger. We have, we're serving a broader client pool. And so we need to find ways to support them differently, but also we need to take care of ourselves as a group so that we are performing well and we are staying mentally sharp and can meet the needs on a day-to-day basis. So when we talk about change, our goal was to look at the differences between change and transition. Because as you know, change can be very external to you. Your changes can come from other people, other decisions. In your at work, in an organization, the changes usually comes, there are systemic changes that you have no control over. Especially in a bigger organization, you have less input into how changes are made and what makes sense for a change. So that can itself be frustrating and can cause some stress and turmoil for you, some emotional pain and being able to let that go, being able to move past that and starting to see yourself as uh, an employee and being engaged in your work and contributing what you can to the organization. The other part of the change is the transition. So we often hear about change, change, but we don't hear enough about the transition. The transition is the mental and emotional uh, 
processes that happens in your body, the, the physical uh, overwhelm that comes from that, the, the tiredness, the lack of focus, the low motivation can all come from the mental and psychological stresses that you're under to deal with the change. You need to learn a new location. You need to get a new route to work. You need to learn the names of the new people. You have to learn their personalities. You have to figure out new ways to work with them to get what you need from them and to ensure that you sustain good, healthy relationships with them. So those become more, more things for you to do when there is a change. So when you look around what's happening at work, you may have a new boss or your boss may be off or your boss may be sick or uh, be moved on, or you have a new supervisor, a new leader, there, there's new focus, there are new goals to meet and all of that. You may, you may lose your partner in crime, which is your, your, your body that you work with. So everybody have, uh, maybe you have a, a team member or you have a, a partner that you work with and that's your buddy that you hang out with and you guys have a relationship and that person might get promoted or uh, maybe retire or leave the organization, get a better position. And now you're left, you're feeling a bit isolated or lonely. So all of these things happen, all of these kinds of changes. And then there are changes. We talk about how the changes in our own personal life can affect us, right? Physical changes like growing older, you know, midlife crisis, menopause, physical changes, hormonal changes and how those can impact us and our mental health. And we need to change how we eat. We need to change how we think. We need to change how we spend our time. All of those things are uh, should be factored in when we're thinking about changes and why people may change or people's attitude may change or people's behavior may change at work may all be related to one of those things. So if you're noticing change at work, it very well may have come from one of those situations. And it's important for you to recognize that change can happen and you can deal with it. The other one we talked about was knowing what you can do to imp- improve your mental wellness. So in ensuring that you're taking time to do stress management, but that you're also building resilience. And I know I talked about building resilience in an earlier show, the, the differences between stress management and resilience. And so uh, you can listen to that podcast as well, that show and get the tips on there. But in this particular one, we looked at the importance of doing the daily stress management, right? Getting up from your desk, walking, make sure you're, you're hydrating yourself. And then of course, doing the other ones that include talking to someone. Uh, talk therapy is very healthy and it gives you uh, the opportunity to share your thoughts with someone, talk to someone and he- even just hear yourself thinking. Um, knowing what you can improve is very important. There are some things that you have no control over. So working from your sphere of influence, stop banging your head against the wall when you meet with system changes that you have no control over. Sometimes we, we take on more than we can. You cannot change the system. You have to work with your sphere of influence. Do you have influence with your coworkers? Then that may be where you want to use your influence instead of trying to gripe and moan about the system and get yourself all demotivated and depressed about what's happening and what you have no control over. So focusing within that area where you have control is very, very important. And then we talk about collaborations, supporting each other, understanding the value of supporting each other because isolation at work is still a thing. It still becomes an issue. People feel isolated. They feel excluded. They feel not, um, you know, not inviting. And so we have to make an extra effort 
as our team grows to ensure that we're inviting people in, we're being inclusive, we're giving them the opportunity to be with each other and to be with others and to not feel like they are a third wheel. So we have to make all of those considerations. And that's key to creating an environment that's welcoming, that shows people that they are value, help people to feel worthwhile and important because that's important at work. As humans, we want to connect. We want to have status. We want to uh, be seen as a, a, a valuable member of the team. And when we don't feel that, it can affect our self-esteem. It can affect our trust in others. It may affect the way we do our work. It may affect our level of contribution. So all of those things are things to take into consideration at work when you somebody isn't performing at the level that they need. Well, what else is going on in the environment? What else is maybe happening for them? Are they going through a tough time at work? Are they going through a family crisis? Uh, you know, we talk about the various family crisis, the, the cycle of life that happens. If not for you, maybe for your children your or your grandchildren or your extended family, your parents. So all of these things can fall into issues that create, that makes us more vulnerable where we are pulling on our resources and may need some support at work, may need someone to reach out to us, may need someone to say, I understand, can I do this for you? Can I take this this task off your desk? Uh, can I? How can I support you? And having those, what we called wellness conversations. So we spent the time really practicing those wellness conversations and using my wellness conversation framework. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, what is the wellness conversation framework? Well, it is a framework I developed to help organizations uh, create uh, a process for employees to have wellness conversation, have conversations that are meaningful, that really helps to bring humanity back in the workplace, that helps people to feel validated and feel supported and feel that they are worthwhile. So we do that because often I see the opposite. I see where people have been in the organization and they've been undervalued and they start losing their sense of self-worth. And unfortunately, that can have a big impact on people, not everybody. But if work is your, you know, your main source of social connection, that will be instrumental to your well-being and can impact your mental wellness. So we we get into some of the things that people don't regularly see as impacting your mental wellness. And those are the things, those unseen hidden things that pile up and can really turn you, turn into something very, very uh, damaging for people's uh, well-being and create a lot of emotional pain and, uh, and turmoil in the workplace or for the employees. Because some people, they don't show that they're having problems, but they go home and they end up, you know, depressed or they end up, um, you know, with uh, marital problems, all of those kinds of things because of what's going on. So it's critical for us to think mental wellness and ask what what am I doing that may be an impact for my 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 coworkers or can impact their well-being? And one of the things that came up in that conversation was mobbing. And they they were curious, what is mobbing? Mobbing is a, a way we we all 
gang up and make jokes and name call and and ridicule a person but we do it in a fun way it's like oh he's wearing that you know uh that that hairstyle again he's cut his hair that funky way uh and and we go on and we can and that person is mobbed because it's one person against the entire group and that can be very uh very limiting and emotionally challenging and cause emotional pain for the other person. They may laugh because it's too, uh, they may be too embarrassed to cry, right? But can be very painful, very isolating and very demeaning for people at work. So thinking about all of those things and how when this can go on over and over again. And so one of the things we talk about is safe word. How can we create a safe word that we can say that would help, uh, you know, we, we're humans, we're imperfect being, and we will, we will tend to poke fun at each other from time to time. But where, where, what's the limit? How do we create some sense of safety for ourselves to say this is enough or I no longer want to be told this or I can we stop that? This, this has to have a safety net because everyone has a limit. What is the limit? And one of the things we spend time on is values. What are your values? Looking at the organizational values, looking at the employees' values, then the team, and then now creating a broad value chart so people can start to understand why they feel upset about things at work. And maybe they can come back and take a look and say, ah, it's conflicting with my values and really give them that peace, that sense of, okay, I understand why I feel this way. So people don't leave work with a lot of upset and hurt or um, at work all the time, stressed and overwhelmed and, and upset, not knowing why. It really gives them a way to identify what's upsetting me. And once we know what's upsetting us, that's half the battle. We can now know why we're feeling that way. And we can now come up with a plan to reconcile what we're going to do. So if you are dealing with any of these things at work, Certainly, uh, reach out to me at interpersonalwellness.com. We are at Interpersonal Wellness Institute. Uh, we work to help you to work, live, and play well. So there'll be some links uh, on the podcast show and to our wellness conversation framework that you can download for your use. And anything that you would like to get more of or learn more of, Connect with me at interpersonalwellness.com and I'll be happy to share with you. Thank you for being here, stopping by and listening to what's happening at work. Let me know what's happening at work. If you want to be part of the, the podcast, you want to be a guest, share some of the things that are happening at work, positive, good things that are happening at work, challenging things that are happening at work, looking for solutions. And of course, uh, we look forward to helping you as we gather in November for the Global Workplace Wellness Summit, where we're going to spend time dealing and identifying solutions to some of the challenges at work. Joyce Adelson here. Thank you for stopping by and we'll see you in the next show. You've been listening to What's Happening at Work. This is Joyce Adelson, your host, and I want to thank you for being with us. Thank our guest and our sponsors, Interpersonal Wellness Services, Inc., the Global Workplace Wellness Summit, and of course, the Wellness Competency Mindset Movement. And if you want to hear from us, learn more or get more episodes, join us at interpersonalwellness.com, where we help you to work, live, and play well. Bye now, and we'll see you for another episode.